I also enjoyed that Marie gave us more insights and a peek at her personal life and her previous work experience. She worked at the age of 19 in sales. And I love the story that she shared when she felt like she kind of had one foot in her current job and then one foot in tidying with people outside of work hours. And she finally decided that she was going to let her sales job go. And she had already convinced her boss to tidy up and helped him with that to the point where her boss really loved to shred items almost as soon as he would receive them. And he actually accidentally shredded her resignation letter, which was really cute that she shared that story with us. Like Karen mentioned, it's rare that we get this inside glimpse of Marie and her experiences. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Is your desk always buried under piles of documents? Do you have never-ending backlogs of emails no matter how often you check them? Is your schedule packed with appointments with people you don't even want to see? Are you carrying on like this every day because you've forgotten what you really wanted to do? Do you find it hard to make decisions? Are you asking yourself, is this all life's about? Just checking things off a to-do list? Isn't there some way to restore order to my job, career, my life? If any of these apply to you, you're in the right place. It's time to imagine a work life that sparks joy. In today's episode, we'll review Marie Kondo and Scott Shonen Shine's new book, Joy at Work, Organizing Your Professional Life, which was just released last week. In this book, Marie and Scott use the Kanmari method to bring more efficiency, productivity, and even joy to your workspace. The book was released during probably one of the most monumental events in modern times in the middle of the life-altering pandemic, which has found most of us redefining our roles in our community, at home, and at work. Much of the book will be familiar to those of us who have studied the Kanmai method, but there are some surprising new ideas that have added new dimensions to what it means to have a more joyful life. There are plenty of tips for how you can achieve a work life that brings you more satisfaction, whether you are working from home or in a traditional workplace, whatever that might look like. Prior to the release of Joy at Work, we discussed this idea and concept with Kanmari consultant and guest Christina Jurgis. Revisit this conversation in Spark Joy episode 87. Before we jump into our review, you know what time it is. It's time for a joy check. Karen, what's sparking the most joy for you these days? This is a little interesting, but I made a discovery yesterday. Whichever of my Facebook friends or colleagues may have posted this, thank you very much. It is the funniest little thing. My little nephew loved this so much during one of our Zoom calls. On Google... If you search for an animal, and so far we have found it on bears, tigers, lions, doggies, and kitty cats, there is an option to view a life-size 3D 
animal of whatever type you searched for. And what this does, once you click the button, is it through the lens of your camera creates an augmented reality animal that will appear to be in your home, whatever room you're in. It's so hard to describe, but it is amazing. And it's a great fun thing for a little kid. The animal actually moves. So like the bear gets up on his hind legs and the lion roars. It is amazing. I can't even begin to describe this, but it has been the funnest thing. We've been having such a good time with this. So I definitely want you to take a look at that. You just go to Google and search for animals. It doesn't show up under every animal, but for a good many of them, it does. And see if you don't see the view life size in 3D. The other thing that's a little related is that I have been reading a lot of articles about how people have been emptying out the animal shelters, adoptable pets to kind of get a little comfort and a little, I don't know, a little joy in their homes during the time that we're spending so much time indoors. In fact, most of the shelters in our area here in New York City are completely emptied out because people have come by to adopt little kitty cats and doggies to keep them company at home. So although, you know, some of these things are a little specific to what's happening now, those are both two little things that have brought me a lot of joy. What about you, Kristen? Well, I also am leaning on technology to form that connection that we all crave these days. Over at ForTheLoveOfTidy.com Facebook page, every day, weekdays, at least at noon central, I've been coming into my page and just sharing the Q&A portion of Tidy Up Home and Life, which is my talk that I usually give all around Chicago to actual live audiences with people and demos and all kinds of things. We can't do that at the moment, at least temporarily. So I've tried to recreate that Q&A experience by having open office hours every day during the week at noon central over at Facebook. And I have really enjoyed that. My dad and my brother both have come in. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't even really told them about it, but they, they learned about it and they surprised me and their comments are hilarious. And (laughs) I've just gotten a chance to share some tips while also answering questions live, because there's a lot of folks who have let me know that they are leaning a bit on the being and the doing side of self-care. So they are taking moments to take care of themselves and to relax and rest, but also doing a bit of the doing side that's, you know, a little more uncomfortable, things like tidying, something that will allow you to grow when you lean into it. So I'm helping people who are just getting started with Kanmari or they have plateaued and they're trying to push through existing clients, new clients, anyone and everyone, even my family, who may have questions (laughs) about how to tidy. And it's even inspired my dad to finally stop talking about working on papers and recognize that he'll have through August to actually tidy his papers, considering he's a teacher and he'll have kind of that summertime moment where he's at home. Yeah, that's what I've been doing these days, going into office hours. And we'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes if you're interested in joining me. I'll be doing that throughout the rest of this week. Well, we certainly are finding a lot of new ways to communicate with each other. So that's just part of our new reality. Now, on to our review. We will present what we loved and what didn't spark quite as much joy for us in this new book. 
the first thing that I loved was that although I've read all of Marie's books, have heard her speak on many occasions, I've read lots of interviews with her and have even met Marie several times, I felt she was much more open and shared more about her personal life than ever before. Marie talked about the struggles she faced in her early professional life. She talked about her insecurities and self-doubts. And just in case she thought she did everything perfectly, she talked about how she just wasn't good at certain jobs. I could really relate to it. And I think readers will find it very refreshing. In that same theme, I thought the last chapter was the best chapter in the book because Marie talks about her more recent struggles with becoming so well-known and in such demand. If you are a Marie Kondo fan or if you are just interested in knowing more about her on an intimate level, you'll find this book is a good read for that aspect alone. Marie also writes about the challenges of having two young children close together and parents will definitely appreciate her evolution from having the perfectly organized home to recognizing that her babies were just going to do their thing, and that is perfectly okay. I also enjoyed that Marie gave us more insights and a peek at her personal life and her previous work experience. She worked at the age of 19 in sales, and I love the story that she shared when she felt like she could have one foot in her current job and then one foot in tidying with people outside of work hours. And she finally decided that she was going to let her sales job go. And she had already convinced her boss to tidy up and helped him with that to the point where her boss really loved to shred items almost as soon as he would receive them. And he actually accidentally shredded her resignation letter, which was really cute that she shared that story like Karen mentioned, it's rare that we get this inside glimpse of Marie and her experiences. Another pro for Joy at Work is the fact that this book, even more than the life-changing magic of Tidying Up or any of Marie's previous works or even the Netflix Tidying Up series, she really took the time to emphasize the importance of the step that we talk about so often here at Spark Joy, which is really envisioning your ideal lifestyle and living environment. And in this case, work environment. So she talks about really how you should walk through in detail what your work environment should look like in your mind, in your vision, and then think about how you'd like to behave in that space and also check in with your feelings when it comes to that particular job, career, space that you are operating within. She also talks a bit about the clients that she's worked with in the context of tidying their desk and workspace and how some of them have rebounded. And she mentioned that the difference between someone who has really conmarried once and for all versus someone who has gone a bit backwards and reverted back to old patterns was their mindset from the beginning and really how clear versus how vague their vision statement was. The ones that took the time to think through this in great detail and understand their why behind tidying up were the ones that kept things up maintenance-wise much better. So that still remains clear between her books around home and her books around work. The vision really does play a part, and I love that it got ample attention in this particular book. 
there were some interesting questions too to check in with whether you like a messy desk versus a tidy desk in general. Because there's something to be said that some people prefer to operate in a desk that has a bit more items than others. And true to the Kamari way, there's no wrong or right way there. It's all about what you want to keep rather than how much you don't want to have on top of the desk or in the office space. She proposes that we ask ourselves questions like, are you honestly feeling positive about working here right now? Does working at this desk every day really spark joy for you? Are you sure that you're giving full scope to your creativity? Do you really want to come back to this desk tomorrow? These questions are great. They're not intended to make you feel bad, but they're really intended to get you in touch with how you feel about your work environment and start to determine what things need to be in this space in order to best support your creativity and work life. We love to talk about vision, as you know, here on SparkJoy Podcast. So if you are struggling with really shaping the ideal lifestyle or ideal living environment, definitely check out SparkJoy Podcast, Episode 5. Another aspect I really enjoyed about the book was Marie's practical application of the tidying by category idea within the workspace, along with a practical guide for how to do it completely and quickly in order to see a real difference. She writes about how what you choose to keep can give you important information about your values at work and what you really want out of your work life. This can lead to making career decisions that will move you closer to your working life vision And as we know, it's all about the vision. My favorite parts of the book were the chapters that Scott wrote about non-physical clutter and how to tidy up not just digital clutter, but non-physical items like time, meeting, and networking. Since I'm more familiar with Marie's work and not Scott's, I found the best and newest information for me in those chapters. You're probably familiar with the three categories of paper clutter in the KonMari method, permanent documents, intermediate documents, and action items. But here Scott presents a new twist. He considers items that are necessary to complete a job function, items that are part of your future professional growth and development, and finally items that spark joy. Now, by items, he refers to content, both hard copy and digital, and time, including meetings and networking. I got a lot out of this perspective, and I really felt it kicked Kanmari up a notch. And during this time of work upheaval, I can already see a difference in how I am spending my work days with this new way of looking at time and content. I also think that both authors really extended the conversation beyond just organizing our desk and the categories that we should address in terms of clutter to this bigger discussion of non-physical clutter. I thought that was really, really, really refreshing. And it really expanded the scope of what work really means. And I love that many of the topics that they referenced and spent whole chapters on are also topics that we've already explored right here on SparkJoy. So I want to make those connections clear. So for example, Digital clutter is definitely addressed in Joy at Work. Some references to how to manage your email inbox as well. And we've covered that in Spark Joy episode 109. Decluttering your network, that means your in real life network and your social network, that is covered in episode 123 of Spark Joy. 
They both mentioned managing tasks and to-dos, understanding which tasks are urgent versus important. And that's covered in Spark Joy episode 107. They also talk about motivating others. And in this case, of course, motivating coworkers to get tidy. We talk about some tips around how to motivate others to tidy in Spark Joy episode 91. Also, cleaning had its moment, which is always important to mention, especially during these particular days and times. If you'd like more information on how to clean with joy, you can check out Spark Joy episode 85 and 125. Also, Marie and Scott talk about how to Kanmari meetings and teams and even your professional relationships. We talk a little bit about that in Spark Joy episode 86. And of course, the book ends with talking a bit about gratitude and practicing that when it comes to the work we do, the work we want to do, the jobs we leave, the jobs we enter into. And of course, the Kanmari method is all about respect, gratitude, and joy. So we love that that definitely was showcased in this book. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. Now for some of the things that were not as useful or didn't spark quite as much joy for the both of us. I struggled a bit with the fact that Joy at Work was a co-authored book. I haven't really read a book that's co-authored in a while. And I felt that I was often wondering whose voice I was listening to. It felt a little bit disjointed. They did a great job in the beginning of the book, really breaking down which chapters Marie wrote versus which chapters Scott wrote. But when I'm reading, I don't typically like to like reference back to the front of a book. And so I appreciated the fact that they also said they were going to have the name of the person who was speaking or creating that chapter at the top and a little initials by the boxes, the little call-out boxes within the book that were authored by either Scott or Marie. And I didn't find that consistently happen throughout the book. So I felt a bit confused. Actually, after talking to you, Karen, I realized certain chapters were written by Scott versus Marie, but I will go back and try to sort that out later. You know, when it comes to the basics of the Kanmai method, you probably won't find a lot of new ideas here. The personal sides are helpful and inspiring, but the basics remain the same. Tidying by category, making a pile of similar items and doing it completely and within a short amount of time are still the keys, whether you're tidying at home or in your office. The book correctly assumes that the reader may not have read the other Kanmai works and may 
have become interested in this book for the professional and productivity angle. So it's understandable that some of the information is not new for some of us who have been Tanmari devotees for a while. And from our perspective, being two consultants who know Kanmari backwards and forwards, there were some aspects of the book that surprised me a bit. For example, when Marie Kondo was essentially applying those five signature Kamari clutter categories that we know so well to the context of work, I was a little bit disappointed that she said that we could totally ignore clothing as a first category for the office space. I definitely have clothing in my office, so my uniform, for example, and I know other clients and especially the creative clients that I work with who also have aprons or some type of clothing or shoes to change into and things like that. I know I've had that type of item in my office even since I was working in corporate America. So I would add that category back in myself if I was Kanmari with a client. I have to agree with that. I think it might be also part of uh, commuting culture Certainly in the big cities and certainly in my own experience, when I had an office to go to, I had a drawer full of shoes, most of which I never wore. So that certainly would have been a category that would have been relevant to my own tidying of my desk. Also, I found the section that you mentioned, Karen, around paper a little bit confusing too, because Scott switched things up a bit. Uh, So traditionally, when you're applying Kanmari to your home, there's three paper categories, Act Now, keep temporary and keep forever. In Joy at Work, there are, again, three categories, but they're just a bit different. So there's a pending category, which is essentially just like Act Now, papers that are in need of some kind of action, outstanding bills, proposals, things like that. The second category is now called Save Because You Have To. And that also is similar to keep temporary because it applies to things like statements, contracts, documents that you need to keep for a specific period of time. And then enjoy at work suggests that you should have a save because you want to category, which uh, was a little bit new for me to digest and a little bit different than keep forever. I kind of understand why that was introduced because our jobs themselves may not be something that we do forever Therefore, there might not be documents that would uh, pertain for Keep Forever, but things like for an entrepreneur are a little bit different than for corporate. I do feel like that category would still be relevant in some cases. So uh, that could confuse the reader a bit since it's being switched from home to work. There were definitely a lot of nuances added to content that were very different. I agree. So it definitely took a little getting used to. Now, one thing that was a bit difficult for me and entirely unexpected, Marie and Scott discussed work satisfaction and professional competency struggles, and they talked about them within their own careers, which brought up some old and pleasant emotions for me about how I felt doing work I didn't enjoy and wasn't good at. During reading the book, I remembered moments that I failed to perform as well as I should have and moments when I was just genuinely unhappy at work. A lot of times they were things that I hadn't thought about for a long time. Honestly, it was hard reliving some of those old feelings, but it was also useful in that I see not only can those experiences be helpful to those I work with now, but it also inspires lots of gratitude for the work that I do do now. 
And remembering some of those events took away some of their power for me. We all have disappointments and times when things didn't work out. And it's nice that they both shared so much of themselves. I hope it will make me feel braver in the future to share some of my own experiences. There was also a substantially bigger emphasis on the traditional office culture, meaning medium to large teams with a boss and a company stationed in a physical office space. That was pretty much the backdrop for most of the suggestions in the book. Now, obviously, there's no possible way that Marie or Scott could have imagined that this book would be released during the time of a global pandemic, where many of us are working from home, and not just the small business community or, or independent entrepreneurs, really folks who have never worked from home before are just trying to get used to that experience. During this time, the definition of work is very quickly evolving. I remember when I first heard about this book that it was in the works, I think at least a year ago, if not more, I remember thinking 2020, like that's so far out. So there's no possible way that they could have expected that this would be released at this time. But as an entrepreneur who's been working from home for the past five years and someone who has really experienced a lot of different work environments, including an independent office, sharing an office with a office mate working in a open floor plan office environment, more traditional closed door offices, as well as working from home. I just would have appreciated a broader scope and additional perspectives, especially because a lot of my clients are creatives and professionals and business owners. So they have a different setup than what was largely projected in this particular work. So I have a very special place in my heart for the home office, and I would have loved for it to be emphasized a bit more Enjoy at work. We both thought the book was a good read while we are all trying to make sense of our new reality and navigate our changing professional lives. Obviously, for many, the transition has been more difficult than others. We're dealing with a lot. All that aside, we both felt that Marie and Scott have something of value to share with us. And while it may not seem like an opportune time to be promoting a guide to living your best office life when people can't go to work or have unfortunately lost their jobs, their advice does translate to a work-from-home life. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.